1964, the sun-kissed shores of Southern California saw the birth of an icon, the incomparable Myers Minx, considered to be the first dune buggy. Dreamed up by the genius boat builder, artist, and engineer Bruce Myers, this car, riding on a shortened VW Beetle chassis, tackled beaches and deserts for off-road drivers. And the little buggy did the unthinkable. It dominated the Baja 1000, beating the speed record there in 1967. The Myers Manx has a dramatic history with knockoffs and fakes that have come on the market, but its legacy has definitely never died. And Myers Manx is having a resurgence under the guidance of legendary designer Freeman Thomas and businessman Philip Serafin. The dirty little secret about simplicity is that it's hard to do. And Bruce, to me, was, was one of my design heroes. He, he not only created design, he created a culture around it. And I, I appreciate and enjoy taking the DNA of, of a company, whether it was when I was at Porsche or at Audi. You know, it fits inside of that, of a continuation of the story. What's interesting about this is that they're releasing the Manx 2.0, an all-new electric version of the Myers Manx. It's something I'm really excited about, and I was curious to hear the reasoning for that decision and how it connects to the car's legacy. This is Fuel for the Future, presented by State Farm Insurance and driven by America's Automotive Trust. I'm Michael May. Freeman Thomas, thank you for coming on the show. Well, it's a real pleasure, Michael. Uh, you know, I enjoyed uh, when you came down here last time, and uh, uh, you're fun to talk to. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. That's the end of our show. That's all I need. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, no, I really appreciate you being here. As you probably remember, I'm I'm a huge Myers Makes fan. In fact, if I've been at many car shows and events throughout my life, and I can be surrounded by Lamar winners and multi million dollar sports cars and concept cars, and if a Manx is there, that is the first stop I'm going to make. I, I think they're they're just the most enjoyable vehicles ever made. You actually have a pretty illustrious career yourself. So tell us a little bit about. Freeman Thomas, for those that may not know. Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I grew up uh, half in Southern California, and the other half was in Europe. Uh, my mother uh, was German, and my dad uh, was in, in the Air Force and just seemed to always be stationed in Europe. And kind of that got under my skin a little bit, you know, by living in places like Greece and Spain and Germany and England and Learn, learning uh, different languages and uh, cultures, and then coming back to California and being kind of immersed in this California lifestyle. Right after high school, I joined the Air Force, and I was stationed in England. And wrote, I had a, 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 a I, my dream was a, to have a Honda CB400F. Uh, <laughs> they, they were brand new back then, I, so you can sort of check the date on that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember Auto Farm and places like that. And I'd see a Carrera RS and see all these eccentric, odd and weird British cars. And that just fed again into my curiosity of the automotive space and design space. I always had a passion for uh, designing and drawing cars, but I didn't really know that there was a pathway to that. It, I mean, this is pre-internet. And yeah. by chance, I found out about Art Center through... Uh, an article in Road and Track. I I had to find out about this place, and I went up there, got a tour, 
and my eyes just fell out of my head. And I just said, this is where I have to be. And that's in Pasadena, correct? In Pasadena. It's really kind of the preeminent school for designers among a few others. I was in my fifth semester. It's eight semesters total. And uh, Larry Shinoda, a very famous designer, you know, with uh, the 63 Corvette, Bostero 2, came to Art Center and interviewed my class. And he chose two of us for design internship back east. And, and so I was one of the two. And then after the summer, uh, he wanted me to work for him privately on some projects. And But before that, he asked me, hey, kid, where do you want to work when you graduate? And I said, you know, Larry, I would love to work at Porsche. Porsche is my passion. I didn't know this, but over lunchtime, he called up uh, Tony Lapine, who was the design director of Porsche, who was also his kind of partner in the Skunk Works when he was at General Motors. Oh, neat. And, and, um, and he comes back and he said, look, I talked to Tony Lapine uh, and explained who he was and then said um, he would love for you to send over you to send over your portfolio. And 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 so I sent it over really early on and they made me a job offer right there and then. And so I went over there. I, I worked for Tony Lapine and for Harm Guy. And then Jay Mays, I was home in California and Jay Mays called me. I, I only knew Jay by reputation. And he said, we're opening up a design studio for Audi and Volkswagen in Simi Valley. And I've been told that you should be my right hand. I turned him down I, I, because I loved, <laughs> I loved what I was doing at Porsche. And then uh, found out my wife was pregnant with our daughter and, and a lot of things changed. And I decided, well, I should stay in California. And, um, and the, just the, the job seemed amazing. So from that point on, you know, I, I was very fortunate because it, it, being a designer, you need to have great champions. You have to have people that really support your work. And um, Jay really believed in the work that I did. And together we came up with the concept one, the, the, came the new Beetle. And then uh, we did both the coupe and the convertible concepts. And then I was in Europe, uh, but before then, uh, he was asked to become the new global director, design director for Audi. And then um, uh, he came to me, wanted to meet me, and we met at Neptune's Net in Malibu. Oh, and, cool. <laughs> and he, he told me what was going on, and he said he wanted me to come with him and be his right hand at Audi. And uh, I turned him down. Uh, you know, I, I, I said, you know, I made my life back in California and it's very hard to reestablish yourself. And he wasn't happy about that. And then um, about a week later, he came back to me and he said, what if you went on an extended business trip? And I said, yeah, I could do that. You know, as long as I, I, I was able to and I was running the Audi design studio at that time. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I went over there and literally with in months I had sketched up the Audi TT. It was just a little thumbnail sketch. Um, I can get into nuances. This would take forever. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but, but long story short, that happened. And then uh, uh, Hartma Varkas approached me, uh, who was running the whole Volkswagen group, uh, and said, you have to come back to Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I agreed to come back. 
and at that, then I came back and ran the Volkswagen side of the design studio. By 1999, I got a call from Daimler Chrysler, and they offered me a VP of a, a advanced design and a vehicle architecture. And through that, um, uh, with, with, with my team, we came up with the concept of the 300. And then um, Henrik Fisker left um, Ford and, and to do his own thing. And the mm-hmm. same day he left, Jay called me up and he said, I want you to come to Ford and run all of advanced design. And, and so I did. And then through that, we did a lot of concept vehicles, a lot of vehicle architecture, pushing the envelope. And then I retired at the end of 2017. And, um, and then literally within about a year, um, you know, I, I had already met Philip Serafin. I'd known him already for a couple of years. We were good friends. And then, you know, I saw Myers Manx coming out of the Santa Monica mountains. And I talked to Philip about it. And, and, uh, because I, I, I had invited Bruce Myers to, um, uh, you know, uh, my house and also to the studio while I was running the, the Volkswagen design studio. And they, they invited Philip and I, him and his wife, Winnie down to, um, Valley center down in San Diego area. Right. And, and, um, and then we were down there and the discussion kind of turned to, um, you know, the acquisition of the company and, um, and Bruce looked at me and, look, and, and, and basically said, the only person I ever want to sell the company to is you. There's a reason why I wanted you to talk about your history, because you have so much design experience and you've worked at companies that I really appreciate and respect and love and designs that I really respect and love. And to me, the Manx has always been it's always been part of artistry. I love the design of the Manx. There's a lot of simplicity to it, but it's really beautiful. And when you talk to people that collect Manxes or have been around a long time and put their own together and all this stuff, they all talk about the artistry and the design of the Manx. And so I I love that your background really does perfectly. And Bruce Myers himself even said it kind of tie you in with the continuation of the Myers Manx, which is what you do now. You know, it's like Jay Mays would always say the dirty little secret about simplicity is that it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. And, and, and there's another, there's another saying is, is basically the courage to be simple. You know, you look at anything from um, the graphic scheme of of an aircraft to um, the shape of an object or what it means, the story it tells. That's, what I've always looked at in design and, and, you know, and I, I appreciate and enjoy taking the DNA of, of a company, whether it was port when I was at Porsche uh, or at Audi, you know, even at, though the TT had never existed, it has DNA that is both Audi union, it's Erwin Commenda. It's, it's, you know, it's all of that, you know, it fits inside of that, of a continuation of the story. And, and Bruce, to me, was, was one of my design heroes, you know, because um, he, he not only created design, he created a culture around it. When I've, I've tried to explain what I do, I've always said, I'm a cultural architect. And he was really the blueprint of that. You know, it, it, it really kind of creating something that was this, this Volkswagen pan thing and putting this shape and form that was functional, but also beautiful and timeless. And it was simple to create out of this simple mold 
almost like a, a, a Modernica chair or something. It, it, <laughs> it's so simple, but the value comes out of its shape. That's right. And it has a strength to it. And so what I enjoy what I'm doing right now is in some ways it's less about me and, and it's more about continuing his legacy and continuing his story because I think that's what he entrusted us with. Yeah, I, I love that. And I completely respect and love that you are are doing that and keeping that heritage, sort of the Bruce Myers heritage alive. So you you come in with your partner and you acquire Bruce Myers, or not not him, but the the company and, and the rights that that come about. And that was you said around 2019, 2020. Where well, yeah, we that? start. We started. We started talking with uh, Bruce and Winnie about around uh, 2018. Okay. It, it, okay, but um, it, it 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 took a while before we. First of all, we wanted them to be comfortable, and we had to be comfortable with everything, and so we didn't rush it. Uh, you know, because it, we felt. You know, we had we had to do everything the right way. Bruce was already in his 90s and and I didn't want this to feel as though he had plenty of opportunity to search out other people. But I think that he saw something in us that were the key ingredients. I mean, you, you, you have to have the vision. You have to have the respect. You have to have also the resources. You have to have the the stamina and so that's a high wire act it's a really high wire act and so we're, we're we do this in the most respectful way and and we're, we're doing it in a way we're putting as much energy into our future products as we are in our legacy products and and so that it is a time machine back to 1964 it is a time machine where where you could build exactly that Myers Manks, you know, especially after it became kind of the quintessential Myers Manks around 1966 and 1967. Uh, we've remastered, you know, the body so it's easier to put together. We haven't touched any of the, the styling or the surfaces. If anything, we've just, you know, remastered it and made it so that it comes together easier. And, and then all the parts and pieces are authentic. You know, we're, we're making sure that we're, they're made locally. You know, making something in America, in, in the U.S. today, you know, as, as a lot of companies know, is not easy. But we, we are supporting the small uh, uh, vendors and, and manufacturers and the people that, you know, we give them an order for, you know, 100 bodies. You know, and, and they're local. They're within miles of where we are right now. And, and they're still in California and they're still they're out in the, in the desert making tubing, making the bumpers, making we're supporting families, you know, and, and so we love that. You're coming out now with the Manx 2.0, the electric version yes. of the Manx. So I'd love to ask you when you're talking about heritage and, and keeping keeping the, the spirit of the Manx alive. Why did you decide to go about doing an electric version? Okay, so first of all, um, it's it, it's it, it, for as much of an argument that you have for the internal combustion engine, there is for electrification, and I think the segment 
that we fit it into is perfect for electrification. Um, we've come up with a very lightweight, uh, durable, um, uh, and really powerful drivetrain system. The, 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 the drivetrain, believe it or not, is actually lighter with the battery pack than the original Volkswagen motor and, <laughs> and gearbox. And, and so, so, and if you look at Ferdinand Porsche, Ferdinand Porsche started off with electric, then went into internal combustion and is now, you know, really challenging electrification again. And, and there's certain segments right now where I, I don't think is ready for prime time for electrification. Um, but when you talk about a vehicle that is, you, you will probably not drive it more than 70 to 90 miles in a day. I've driven internal combustion engine Manxes on rallies. And after 70 miles, you're, you're windblown. You are, you're, you're ready to, to have a beer, to, to relax. <laughs> right. And so, so the, the base version of this has a range of 150 miles and the uprated version has a range of 300 miles. And so, so, and, and so you imagine now that you have the, you don't have this little 60 or 30 to 60 horsepower motor. You have a motor that, that literally can give up to over 200 horsepower and, and with, and it's instant torque and it is um, the climbing ability. And, and, uh, and of course now we have a more compact motor than the original motor. Mm -hmm. And now we can develop a, a chassis and suspension system around it. Instead of this Volkswagen pan, we we're developing a monocoque aluminum chassis that, that is, really strong it's torsionally really strong we have a, a front node that serves as a, as a as a crushable zone we have a steering column all within the dimensions of the original manx by the way yeah and and and, and so when you put the original manx and this manx together um you it's a it's an eye test until you start to look at it. now the rear end because the motor doesn't stick out that was probably the greatest design challenge. I, a couple of design challenges that I had in my head was one to design the rear. So it looked as though it was originally designed this way and, 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 and to update it, taking a nod with the Volkswagen taillights in a modern lighting system with led and, uh, and then the cladding system, which finishes off where it normally would have been raw fiberglass down there and finishing off the body with, with a finish, you know, which, which makes it something you want to touch and feel and wash. And, and, and then all the hardware is beautiful. But having doing that, we, we then, because we're doing the remastered makes, we brought all that hardware back to the classic makes, you know, all the, the washers and the bolts with BF Myers and company. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just beautiful jewelry. And so then we just uh, a couple weeks ago, week and a half ago, we launched the the resorter in Nev, which is based off of the same platform, same drivetrain, and, and and it seats four. And I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have, I have, I've I've seen that, and it looks super fun. Yeah. So the advantage that we have there is that most companies that are in that category in the neighboring electric vehicle company are are basically hot rodded golf carts. That's right. Mm -hmm. And and it and that's about where it ends you know we engineered this as, as as a vehicle that you would feel confident in 
you know, that, that matter of fact, the suspension and the drivetrain and the concept of the chassis, we've already tested in Nora. It's off-road capable. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that so it's great. So, so, but it's a, it, it's, it's speed limited to 25 miles an hour. What's that mean? Is that you get brilliant acceleration, you get brilliant handling, you, you can, you can take four people with the optional trailer hitch and a trailer up the steepest hill all up and, and, and still drive at 25 miles an hour with great acceleration. And, and nobody will be able to do this. And, and we're, we're taking it to where um, people will really enjoy a vehicle like this, especially for local driving, you know, that you can leave your SUV and, mm-hmm. and big car in the garage. Just drive this. You're going to enjoy it more. Drive it to the store, drive it to coffee. It's going to have a range of 150 miles. And if you've ever looked at a map of, say, even Southern California, you can wiggle your way from Santa Monica all the way down to Laguna Beach uh, uh, on, on, you know, 35 mile an hour speed limit roads all the way. You can make your way. Yeah. And so, so it's going to open up a whole new chapter. I, I think so. And, and if, you know, I think it's before my time, but I look at sort of California surf culture. I look at the, the fun California sort of vibing era that, that I think the original Manx helped establish and build and even the original, what is the, the movie, the Steve McQueen film that he had his own no, Thomas Crown Affair. Thomas Crown Affair, the original Thomas Crown Affair. It, it's on the beach. It's it's driving on dunes. Obviously, the, the Baja yeah. racing heritage with the original Manx. And to me, an electric version of the Manx still fits that culture. It fits the fun, the joy of driving it, on the it, beach, it, it, or driving in the dunes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about um, imagine driving into nature completely silent completely um you know it, it, it connects and and you can drive where you're allowed to drive on the beach it's beach capable you can drive it on the sand you can drive it you know if you're on an island and you have a a hill to go down to the beach spot it'll do that yeah. you know so so it's it's really something special we've gotten an amazing reaction out of it and and of course um we've we're making most of the components in the U.S., you know, so so we've already said to ourselves, you know, it's it's going to be pricier, but we're, we're, we're doing it out of real materials. Every screw, every bolt is made out of the materials that they represent, you know, so if it's aluminum, it's really aluminum. If it's the badging, you know, I look at premium brands, premium exotic brands. You know, that are from major OEMs. The badging is plastic. You know, all the pieces have been cheapened down. And and so this is where you really get to, you know, when people say, well, they don't make them the way they used to. And and this is where you really get to go back to that. And the NAV we're we're able to produce a lot more of. Now the the 2.0 we're limited to 325 a year. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have different versions of that. The, and, and there's going to be versions that will be um, uh, we'll have carbon bodied versions that will be you'll be able to custom uh, personalize colors and interiors and things like that. Um, the, the neighbor electric is a higher volume vehicle. Um, it, there'll be some of that, but not to the same extent. So let me ask about the the original Manx 
was a, a bit of the beginning of this like kit car world where you can buy bits and pieces and put things together yourself. My my father actually built a Manx back when he was in high school with yeah. the, the ordering the pieces and everything. Is there still a a world where that happens with the Manx 2.0 and things like that? Yeah. Well, the 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 2.0 will be um, the, uh, the the plan is right now uh, in the electric side that it will be uh, turnkey. That will be turnkey. Now on the on the other side with with the remaster, mm-hmm. we're eventually gonna it, we'll we'll have it at different levels. You, you can buy it a la carte, you know, just as you always did. We're engineering a chassis for it as we speak, so that. Um, you you won't have to um, uh, shorten a Volkswagen chassis, but it will be basically same concept, uh, pressed metal, all of that, but stronger, better all the way around. And those will be special construction. And we're going to offer we're going to offer that eventually as a complete roller so that with the wiring loom, everything all attached up and you can just install your engine and gearbox or you can order that chassis a la carte with, with your remastered body. And then the third way is that we will be building completely what we call their restorations. And, and, and that's because we use original Volkswagen pans. They're, they're shortened. Um, they're, they're authentic pre 1974 Volkswagen pans with their original VIN numbers. And oh, that's awesome. But, but, but those, those will be a little bit more premium, mm-hmm. but, but with the remastered body and everything else. And those will be turnkey cars. Yeah. So you're talking about some legacy. You're talking about various, you know, versions of the Manx that are, that are on the market and coming on the market. And how do you keep the heritage alive? If you've, you've talked a little bit about this already, but I'd love to circle back to it because I want to hear certain about certain decisions or ideas that you have to keep that going. So, so up to this point, you know, we've brought back a, a, a lot of uh, merchandising as well, you know, so really doing, you know, T-shirts and, and hats and accessories and things like that. And we have a great, great artist, uh, Brian Kiesling, uh, that, that is, uh, has been doing a lot of the shirt designs and so forth, mm-hmm. and, and they're amazing. And so they become really popular. Uh, we've gone to a lot. We go to a lot of events, uh, very, really varied, you know, from New York to Europe, GP ice race uh, in Austria, uh, Manx Club events, um, Monterey Car Week and so forth. But that's going to start to ramp up. We've also done Nora. We, we're one of the, the, the we're the key sponsor now for the Nora 1000. And so we're going to you're going to see us more um, uh, participating in Nora and and uh also in uh, Baja racing, perfect, you know, because that's perfect. really where, where the, the soul of, of Myers Manx comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, as we move forward, where we are in Costa Mesa, uh, we're, we're slowly going to enlarge our footprint here. And this is going to become our legacy center. And uh, our vision is, is that, you know, it's kind of like going to a restaurant and, and, and looking through the window and watching uh, the chef and the cooks working and preparing, and you're going to be able to see the magic happen because it, it, where we are, where you were when you came here is literally within the circle footprint of where it was born. And so we're going to grow that we're going to, and, and you'll see us grow more in the area. We've already got another building 
which will become our R&D center, design center, business office, marketing center, and things like that. And uh, we have a sh- we have a showroom, and and which will be more for us to kind of have our collection of vehicles as a story and so forth. And we can invite people in, and we also have our uh, personalization services and things like that. But it's really about getting out there, getting out. We're going to be at SEMA. Um, we'll be there with Chip Foose, uh, where we'll, um, you know, Chip has really embraced the Myers-Banks. Uh, we've, uh, we've given him, uh, some bodies for him to play with. Oh, great. Um, he's, he's in love with, with Myers-Banks. I mean, yeah. and, and, uh, we have people in Europe as well, designers that, um, uh, like Grant Larson from Porsche, you know, we, uh, you know, he's building a Manx right now over there. We've got um, members of the Porsche family building Manxes over in Zellensee, Austria. You know, it's the gateway drug. I yeah. am telling you, it is. Um, and and we're, we're, we're just trying to be accessible, you know. And, and I think what we need to do also is really broaden our accessibility to the grassroots. Um, up to this point, like I was saying in the beginning, we've been burning the candle on both ends. And and we've been working hard the last couple of years doing Manx 2.0 remaster and now resorter, and and we've done those. We we want to do them fast but complete. We yeah. want to make sure that that we have a full engineering program and test program behind those that that are durability testing, um, uh, you know, performance testing, all of this, so that we feel really confident with Philip and myself, and then the team we've been putting together, which we're putting a lot of automotive veterans together into our team that know how to do things really fast, really efficient, super high quality, work as a team, uh, work with timelines, work with vendors, work with, we're, we're, we're taking this. And I think this is why Bruce in the beginning was so good is because when, when he teamed up in the beginning with, um, uh, he had the team at Road and Track Magazine. You know, they their advertising team and and uh, John Bond and his wife Elaine, you know, supercharged what what Myers Banks was about with their advertising mm. art. Also, Bruce was a skilled boat builder. Right, he was he understood. You know, in in the culture, when you go back to let's say 1964, and you look at where Bruce built the original Manx right on Lido on the Lido Peninsula um, in Newport Beach is right with right across the street was his friend Ted Mangles uh, and and Ted Mangles and his partner had a company that that did engineering and also fiberglass work and they engineered uh, you know along with uh, the, the designer from Walt Disney the original Utopia cars that's where they were created yeah and and, and, and so that little little square little block was was where boat building was going on bruce was an expert at it he was designing and building boats for for many companies at that point but his passion you know was building the myers Manx. yeah and, and so we've talked now about how you're keeping the heritage and the culture alive as you move forward and and i think one of the themes that i'm hoping will will be part of this podcast moving forward is looking to the past in order to 
plan and design and see where the future may take us in automotives. So yeah. in your in your opinion, having been around a long time, being part of some amazing design teams, where do you think the automotive future lies? Yeah, well, it's interesting because the larger the larger companies are very slow to react. They they invest in in uh, manufacturing plants, they invest in processes, they invest in in uh, raw materials, and and they're kind of stuck. Right. We're small. We can be disruptive, and and what we do is it, it, we've designed. For instance, as we designed the Myers Manx, the drivetrain, it's swappable. You know, so that if we come up with something in three years from now, that we can offer to customers a replacement. With, right. right now, we're doing lithium-ion pouch cells, very compact, beautifully layered. We don't know what's going to be in five or ten years from now. So the industry, you know, is going to be working. I think in a number of different directions. I think gasoline, it's already been stated, will probably be with us into the late 2030s. Mm-hmm. But fuels are going to become cleaner. Like you, we already have PZEV, partial zero emission vehicles, very clean running internal combustion engines. There's going to be e-fuels. E-fuels will get refined from plant-based and, and it will get more efficient and more plentiful. Hydrogen will come in, but you really need a larger vehicle for hydrogen because of, of containing uh, a usable amount of hydrogen to use for, for range and distance. I think there's still range anxiety with with mainstream electric vehicles because yeah. the, the the designs and size promise you know great distances. Like this is like a train I'm going to drive across the country, and and the reality is unless you have an ecosystem of of quick charging and fast charging and it's convenient, then then it, you're you're always going to want something else. And I think that. The, the kickback is that you're going to start to see more uh, hybrid vehicles start to come onto the market. Myers-Banks is in a sweet spot because, you know, it's kind of like when you're looking at smaller vehicles that are, you know, you're going to charge them up at home mostly. You're going to be doing this, this range. You're, you're never going to go over 150 or 300 miles in the car. Right. Even if you, when you go off road, when we go to Baja, that's a, that's a trek for a day. That is really a trek, you know? And so, and we'll be testing this more and more off-road. I think that because cars like a Myers-Manx, because they're street legal, are allowed on the forest roads, I think taking them electric is going to kind of slow down, you know, it, 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 let's say the government stopping their use on, on these trails. Because we can be proactive. Now they're quiet. Now they're not going to scare nature. Right. Uh, you, you know, so, and, and you can't do that with a Polaris or anything else because they're not street legal. Right. But the market, when I look at companies like Porsche, I'm a huge pa- fan of Porsche because their bandwidth and the, the fact that they vertically integrate their development and engineering and I've been part of it. And I, mm-hmm. I, I so much respect that. I look at the way we're doing it very much the same way. You know, I, I, I would say we're, we're getting into electrification, but we're also going to be when when there's new drivetrains available with e-fuels, um, we're going to do that. As, as an example, uh, my friend Alois Roof 
just showed at uh, the Quail his new air-cooled flat six oh. with, with with three valves per cylinder, and this is a this is a motor that will pass emissions and and will pass. So you know you can't stereotype. You know oh, you know it, it, we can't do that anymore. And then all of a sudden somebody does it. You know so um, you know I would say that being disruptive. We're, we also have vehicles that we have certain emotions that we want to connect with. And that's why on one side, you know, hearing that, that beautiful sound of that Volkswagen motor is wonderful. On the other side, silence is beautiful, mm. you know, silence and torque, you know, and uh, I would have both in my garage gladly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way. That's a good way to say it. Right. Uh, well, thank you so much. I don't think I want to take up much more of your time. So before we go, though, is there anything else you want us to know about Myers Manx moving forward? Is there anything else you're working on? Yeah, I think I think that um, stay tuned on the production versions that that and if they, anybody knows my past history, it's all about uh, delivering on the promise of our concepts. You know, and and I've had many people that are named names sit with me in a concept vehicle and say, you'll never get that into production. And and they just don't know, you know, basically what I'm about and 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 the team that we have here that's as passionate as I am. And so and then you're going to start to see more and more coming out of Myers Manx, but we'll always play in the niches. You know, we, we, we'd rather be the big fish in the small pond rather than the, the small fish in the big pond. We, it's not somewhere we want to go. We want to have a product with soul and we want to have value. We, they're forever products. When they compare us against a new car, it, 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 it's, it's like comparing uh, a, a, a Remoa luggage with, with, with another you know, piece of luggage. It's, it's one is designed to get patinaed and used and enjoyed and, and repaired and, and keep moving on. The other is just throw away. And, and that's not what, who we are. Yeah. And you mentioned emotion a, a minute ago too. The Myers makes to me, even if you've never been in one, even if you've never been to California and you don't know the history of it, I think the design in, of, in and of itself with a Manx it provokes an emotional response. There's something like you even mentioned the the cars for Disneyland. It's a little bit like that, even if you're unaware yeah, yeah. of it. There's this childlike joy you get from looking at a Manx. My son has one of the original Manx models that I gave him two or three or four years ago, and he doesn't know what it is, but he loves it and he loves to play yeah. with it. And and so I think that's that's a big component of of the makes in my opinion and I, i'm glad to see it continuing on and living going forward well that's part of the soul of bruce i think bruce was very childlike throughout his life and and he always was a dreamer i think we're dreamers and uh we've never grown up and you know we live in peter pan land you know and it's uh you know it's it's it, it, it's amazing to be able to do this and i would encourage anybody to go to our website uh, myersmanks.com on the remaster, you can play with colors and then uh, you can check out, you know, the the, the, the resorter nav. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, put a deposit down and, and make it put an order in, it's there. Same with the Manx 2.0 and stay tuned, you know, and, and now go to our Instagram at, at Myers at Myers Manx because it's fun. You'll see us all over the world doing fun things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Freeman, again, for your time. And I'll talk to you soon. 
Great. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That'll do it for Fuel for the Future, presented by State Farm Insurance and driven by America's Automotive Trust. To learn more about the AAT, visit americasautomotivetrust.org. A special thank you to Freeman Thomas for giving us the time to talk to him today. Please learn more about the Myers Manx, my favorite car of all time, at myersmanxalloneword.com.